Special thanks to everyone who pledged money to crowdfund the show this week, including David Walker, Tim Edwards, Iliko Ella and Andy Hagen. There's a full list of our supporters on 361podcast.com, along with information on how to help us from as little as $1 per episode via Patreon. Hello and welcome to 361, a weekly podcast about mobile tech and everything around it. My name's Ben Smith. I'm Rafe Blanford. And I'm Ewan McLeod. This is Season 12, Episode 6, and this week, much against my better judgement, we're going unscripted again with another Pick and Mix episode. Sharing our recent travel traumas. Updating you on our smart home efforts. And exploring the implication of Apple's Care Kit. Welcome back, chaps. Yo. Ben. How are you doing? I'm very good. Thank you. Ray Blanthers looking tired. I'm, he is. I'm feeling very well, though. Thank you, Ben. Do you know how what? about you? I'm good. Thank you for asking. Excellent. What I Lovely. think Blanford needs is a massage. He does. He needs a massage. A hot stone massage, I think, Blanford. They are amazing. I, I just want to Why point would out... you massage a stone? No, no, no. Okay, I, move on. I just on. want to point out that it's not the massage I object to as such, because indeed, they, I'm sure they can Have be very relaxing. Have you had one recently? Not recently. When's the last time you had I a massage? What I object to is this idea of a massage kind of in public on the podcast. <laughs> it's in audio. Just, for, that's why I suggested it in the first place. It's audio. No one sees anything planned for it. It's just not desirable. But I have had some of my kind colleagues suggest that they could sell tickets to this event. And that just is disturbing well, are, in quite are, a few yeah, ways. They're an enterprising bunch at Digitas LBI. They, they really are, are yes. Are. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they live streamed it. Yeah, that, that's what worries me. And had some passbook integration or something. Number, <laughs> the number of people who have suggested that this is perhaps the first video episode of 361 is also quite frankly disturbing. What is quite interesting is when you come into the Digitas LBI, very funky offices of Brick Lane, London, I am now bumping into people, as Ben, ben mm, and I are, because mm. we usually arrive at the same time. People are saying, ah, oh, yes, uh, you're from the podcast. And yeah, when are you um, doing this thing with Blanford? Stopped my man on the street. I demand Rafe Blanford is rubbed vigorously. <laughs> Immediately, exactly. Exactly. here is my wallet. Can we, how are we getting on with that, by the way? We're good. We're more than halfway there now. It's very Come exciting. But, uh, is it going to be season 28 by the time we can actually do this? Well, we'll see. We won't string it out. I, I almost, we, I we'll almost. set a deadline. Um, it's one o'clock this afternoon. I thought, do you know what? I'm just going to order it and see what he does, see what happens. Because he's such a polite chap, is Rafe, that if the massage lady from Urban Massage arrived... I doubt you would genuinely. I don't think you'd. Um, well, that, that that you wouldn't say no. I don't think. I think you wouldn't want to. I I would point out that my uh, secret identity name. Uh, I shouldn't really admit to this on the podcast, but yes, too tell late. Us, tell us. I was recently quoted in the media as Rafe Blindfold. Rafe Blindfold. And a number of my colleagues have noticed that when you put Rafe into the iPhone, it auto corrects to Rage. Rage. Hence, my secret identity is Rage Blindfold. So I think he might come out to play if Urban Massage hey, turned up unsolicited. That, that's a thing. I don't know if this will apply to you, Ben, because I think. Is that your Hulk name? Is it? Basically. I wonder what I need to do big, mine. Angry and green. I wonder what mine is. If you t- what's, what's your autocorrect name? During the course of this podcast, yes. we will type it into various systems and find out. But I suspect, oh, unfortunately, idea. unfortunately, because I have a sensible name, my autocorrect name will be my actual name. No, but you must have less stress because I get quite a bit of annoyed and annoyance when I'm typing in Blanford, blindfold. All right, are we going to move on then? Yes. So, look, I've won again, listeners. Oh, I have won. Don't, don't. I have won. And that is thank you, everyone, for your feedback on the, uh, now what did we call it last time? 
The unstructured episode, the, the unplanned one. <laughs> the, the shambles. The shambles that was very well received. Unscripted. Yeah, unscripted. Yeah. Um, to differentiate it from some of our other recent episodes, which were just unplanned. <laughs> so I have one again, based on the feedback, I said to the, the chaps surrounding me, dear listener, I said that we should probably do another one, and uh, I got my way. So here we are. We are, There's absolutely zero like topics. to indulge him every now and then. Um, we, we did a, a quick round robin, what do you want to talk about? That's the only thing we've done live, and you can see both these guys are not, you aren't quite enjoying this, are you? They do like to have reams of research and facts and stuff. Whereas you may have noticed, I don't bother, dear listener. I just turn up. Wow, what a massive surprise. <laughs> so we're doing 361 Unformed, yeah. right? Turn up and say words. It's the Ewan McLeod <laughs> way. Exactly. <laughs> we have a few topics to discuss. But I also, I thought we'd change it around a little bit. I think we should have a movie quote thing as well. Now... This that makes I complete sense in my do not understand. Right, all. all I'm going to do, right, and you can play along at home. Okay, I'm going to read the quote out, and you have to you have to yell. No, don't you guys say anything, right? Because I want to have a period of silence, right? So I'll read the quote out. The period of silence will be the rest of this season. We have nobody else listening. <laughs> well, you play along at home. You can guess the movie, right? Okay, so I've got a selection. I'm going to go first. I'm going to do one. Are you, are you going to play along? Can yeah, we'll, we'll, okay. we'll play along. Right, okay, right. Okay. Are you going to do any quotes, or should I just do no, it? You do the, you've the quotes there, right, so you, okay, right, you right. do them. And then if Here's my first. This is an easy one. I just want the movie. Okay, and ideally the decade as well. Okay, when, you ready? When? All right, okay, fingers on buzz. Oh, no, don't do anything. Don't say anything until I say right answer. Don't right. overthink it, Ben. Just go with the flow. It's I, just, I just think if, if, if you're going to say things like fingers on buzzers, we need to have a pre-production meeting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, okay. Here we are. Very unformed. At my signal, unleash hell. Russell Crowe, Gladiator, 19... No, 2000s. Ben? Um, minions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, congratulations to Blanford. Well done. And if you played along at home and you got that, well done. There we go. Right, let's move on. Yeah, let's. I thought that was good. We'll, we'll do a few more. All right. All right. Okay, so... Um, formed. Mm, fair enough. Let's, let's, let's move on. More ways than one. <laughs> Indeed. Poorly formed. Uh, travel. Oh, right. This, this is mine. This is travel. Uh, well, I, I recently went travelling and uh, I, I was just, I was out one day, came back the next, and I had a terrible time because I had to do it with paper. <laughs> you poor person. I know. It was, it was really interesting how bad the experience was because I'm so accustomed to using my BA app or any other airline app, but the BA I use a lot. And why is it, for those that, that don't live in the UK, don't fly BA why is it good? Well, anyone that will fly reasonably regularly, you probably use the app with your airline. or you, Mobile check-in. Mobile check-in, definitely. The timings on the flights, the gates, usually pushed to you. The whole thing is, is getting quite seamless for me when I'm traveling with BA. I often check in with my watch now, just because the whole thing works quite nicely. I just tap or put my hand over the little scanner thing. I really enjoy the push notification to say this is when the flight's due and so on. I had to check in with a piece of paper. I had to print a piece of paper out i had to check in the day before you know and, and print out the pdf and, and i had to carry a piece of paper with me i had to remember where that piece of paper was and i had to present the piece of paper multiple times that was not a fun experience at all none of it was live none of it was contextual and i didn't enjoy it at all friend of the show michael smith has mm. been in touch recently asking about travel apps mm. so apart from airline apps what would you recommend my one would be app in the air 
All right, yes. Which is yeah, a really a good, good flight planning slash tracking slash management. I, try, I need to try that. I saw a tweet from them. I need to, yeah. Yeah, well, you, saw, you saw them replying to me saying, hey, you're good. I recommend trying it out. And I also use TripIt as the place that I store my travel data because App in the Air is obviously just as it sounds, just for flights. Yeah. Whereas TripIt does all kinds of travel oh, details. TripIt's pretty good, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you tried Fleo? No. F-L-I-O. Fleo, yeah, they, um, or that's for out. any information about the airport, in particular Wi-Fi, free oh, Wi-Fi, okay. all the airports. Well, I like, sorry, just go back to happen here, it imports your itinerary data from TripIt, if you like, so you can get all the benefits without having to type your flights in there, although they can also ingest your booking emails as well. Yeah, I've got TripIt automatically looking at my Gmail. I forward the emails to them because I live in a... You, wh- I, I, I don't use Gmail and I live in the world where I'm not handing over the keys to my email account to a third-party service. And one of the problems I do have actually it's is... a dig there. Yeah, exactly. Well, right. One of the things I do have a problem with is that TripIt hasn't been updated recently mm. and there's a competitor service which does very much the same thing called TripCase. Which, I use that as well. Which you should check out. I haven't used it yet, but I have looked at it and thought, mm, I wonder if that's better. It does very, very much the same that's job. Why I don't... I'm currently not liking TripIt because it hasn't been updated that regularly. I would give a shout out to Hopper. This is actually before you even travel. It's for basically booking flights and it's one of these flight aggregators, but it's got some nice UI around predicting when flights are going to be cheapest. It can work out. That's useful. Sort of looking forward and back in time when is the best time to book. Turns out yesterday's flight is really cheap right now. (laughs) Indeed, but also advice about how to reduce the cost by maybe coming back on a different day or maybe flying back from a different city or identifying alternative <laughs> if, airports. If, 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 you, if you weren't in Berlin and you were actually in Amsterdam, it would be a lot cheaper to come home. That <laughs> doesn't help me. Oh, where do you start your travel journeys, by the way, online? Mostly in my house. No, no, no. Come on. Oh. Online uh, or or connected. If you need to go somewhere, where do you start? I think the research phase for me is quite often on mobile through one of the aggregator apps just to get an idea. Kayak or... Rafe Blanford goes to his whiteboard, has his man clean it off and begins to map out his route planning journey. He's an agent for that. Yeah. I will sometimes switch to something else, but increasingly now I've actually booked quite a few flights through the app. And Ryanair usually comes in for a lot of criticism. It's their low-cost carrier, kind of the... Low-cost, low-hope... Yeah, but they've actually recently had a thing of saying, we're going to try and give you a more positive experience. And it's like any other low-cost carer around the world. It has its fans and it has its detractors, but they've recently released a new app, which is very good indeed. It's sort of on a par with the BA experience in terms of all the information being pushed. I'm flying very intelligent about the way it does, ancillary upgrades. So I actually wonder, to Ewan's point and Ewan's experience, it's actually now really has arrived at the point where I will think about which airline I fly based on the digital experience they're going to give me. And if they're going to make it painless with things like uh, boarding passes and updates and gate change notifications, I will choose to fly that airline over another. And those services are probably more important to me than the services that are can on board. I, can I just say I was horrified during this trip. I couldn't actually check in for the return flight. I had to go to the airport. Oh God, like an animal. Yeah, I had to <gasps> actually go and speak to a human. No. And she went, yeah, I'll take you in. I said, why can't I do it? Oh, it's because of the blah, 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 Really annoying. Because of reasons. Yeah, I'm booking my own flights next time. Thank you. Right, this is what happens when travel agents attack. Mm. I think this is going to come across as ever so slightly entitled in the first world problems. Well, that's but... fine. It's you and that's, well. oh, that's okay, why we have Yeah. Right, okay, thank you. Right, next then, let's move swiftly on. Do I get to do a movie quote now? Or... Yeah, go on. Okay, okay. right, okay, right. Uh, next, next one. Remember, if you're not enjoying this, be sure to let you and McLeod know. Oh, come on, it's just you're a bit different. Please. It's a bit different, right? Okay, let's, uh, next one. Next week we're doing cookery tips, by the way. If you need a friend, get a dog. I don't watch many movies. 
No. If you need a friend, you get a dog. Now think, think about me. Think about pinstripes. I do like to wear pinstripes, ladies oh, and gentlemen. Uh, this is the Wolf of Wall Street, is it? Mm. It's going to be that oh, one no. with the psycho <laughs> killer in it. No, 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 no. You, there might have been. Come on, uh, at home they are screaming at you. I know the movie you're talking about as well. If you need a friend, get a dog. Not Jerry right. Maguire. Okay, it? I'll, I'll it's five, a, it's, four, it's on three, it's on Wall Street. Two, one. Okay, I'll give it to you. It's Wall Street. <sighs> 1980s, of course. I'm okay, to, who's the character I'm trying to... Gecko. Gecko. Gordon Gecko. Gecko. There you go. Is the name I'm trying to control. Okay, right. Let's move straight now then to Smart Homes. You inadvertently made me enjoy that. Damn you. <laughs> <laughs> Smart Homes. I, I was pointing at you, Ben. Okay, I yeah. am filled with an uncontrollable rage about all things Smart Home. Oh. I am so sick of this being a pain in the ass. So... Language. I know. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, Mum. <laughs> I can you say that? But I can. Right. I can. because I'm, I'm filled with an uncontrollable rage. There's, there's quite a lot of people that I know who listen to this in the car with their children. Well, well, kids, remember, don't build a smart home. It'll make Mummy and Daddy angry. Okay, right. they, then they won't love each other anymore, and then you'll have to go live in a home that isn't smart. <laughs> Move on, please. Anyway, right. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought this weekend. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make the radiator. In the kitchen? Or no, I'm going to make some of our radiators yeah. in our house. I did notice this tweet rather smugly saying that there was now a home-enabled radiator valve and you were very happy about exactly. this. Exactly. So Elgato, who previously made TV solutions for Mac, have gone into a smart home. They've got the Eve range of devices, which are all HomeKit, Apple certified, and that's good because it comes with a, a certain ease of use. I'll come back to that. And... Um, <laughs> a certain security level and certification by Apple. Right. Fantastic. So, popped to the Apple store, picked one up, 59 of your English pounds, and I thought, I'm just going to buy one, and I'm going to try it out. Watch the video, presented by a German man, who says, yes, you know, yeah. take this off, screw this do in. This. I'm not going to do the accent, because I just think that's going to be, uh, going to get us in a lot more trouble than anything else I've said this evening. Okay. Yeah, screw this in, uh, bingo, fire up the app. And what this does, effectively, is it allows you to have much more fine-grained control over the heating in your house. If you have radiators, you can set different temperatures at different times. And I want to do that, because actually... Oh, that sounds really, well, really with, great. with a baby in the house, oh. we want to control the temperature a bit more. So I'm suspecting the installation didn't quite go to plan? So I disassembled the existing bit of the radiator and Excellent. took the valve and looked at the 30-second video, which says, put the valve on the radiator, screw it in. I thought, well, I can follow that instruction. No, it didn't work. Ah, I thought, oh, it's not going to work. So there's a load of adapters in the box, but no instructions on how to use them. That is really annoying. No instructions on to what type of radiator valve thing. they might fit. Yeah, people keep doing that. Manufacturers keep doing this. Anyway. And, and dear listeners, in case you're wondering, Ben is actually very intelligent mm. and so doesn't necessarily need instructions that saying, you know, make it screw clockwise or anti-clockwise. He gets that bit. Radiator is metal thing on wall. Yeah. So uh, anyway, to fast forward a very long way, I needed an adapter that wasn't supplied. There was no documentation on the manufacturer's website at all. There were no support videos at all. All of the reviewers seem to have either only reviewed it in theory or the one I found where a person had actually used the product said, I took my Dremel and cut the adapter into... Uh, no, I'm not doing <laughs> that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm not especially not doing this if I'm not convinced it's going to work. So I have to bring it back to the shop. Yeah. So once again, I find myself for what should have been a 10-minute thing of uh, installing a very simple sort of consumer device, three hours in plumbing websites, looking at different adapters, reading different home automation websites, working out the problem for myself and speculatively ordering equipment online to make this thing work. If it, were, if it arrives and it works, I'm still looking forward to the product, but 
home automation is not for the faint of heart. And uh, never, still make, isn't. never make the mistake I made of thinking, I've got half an hour free. I'm just going to do that quick bit of home automation. Uh, wrong. I did that last night. I'm trying to get the lights to come on when I go downstairs at night time and then go off again. Want to come on and off again. I think you said, Rafe, that you've managed to make I it work, have, yes. but I, I was winding up my wife rather dramatically last night. I just because at midnight, I thought, you know what, I'll just what <laughs> downstairs. <laughs> well, no, I was downstairs. I thought, you know what, while I'm here, I might as well just. And unfortunately, I forgot that she gets the notifications when the signal has been, what, what do you call it? What, triggered? Triggered. When the motion sensor is triggered, it said, sends a, a push notification to her as well. So she, I think after the 40th, because I'm busy dancing in front of the thing, you're trying to get the thing to work. She came stomping downstairs. And then I just thought, yeah, this, this home automation thing isn't that great. Once again, I go back to my thing of home automation can be bad for your marriage. Yes. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. I, I've been installing a couple of additional sensors because it does get a little bit addictive. Yeah. And this, in this case, actually, it was on another door that is then reporting into Slack. And actually, it's been quite helpful for me to work out when I leave the house and how long it's taken me to walk to various destinations, including work. And actually, it is just about informational things and sort of the automation bit of home. Would you do something at work to see when you when your desk stops being used? Well, or something? I've just been wondering about that. And, you know, can I put something in there? And actually, it'd be quite easy to do something like that. You could do it with beacons or some kind of arrival thing. But the, the point I was going to actually make is the automation bit is a bit that's actually really difficult to do yeah. it's quite possible to put sensors into the home and doing the automation on lighting i've you know, done quite well i'm quite happy with still facing the issue of trying to find reasonable costs on light bulbs and i've been looking at lightify for that but actually i realized as i've been playing with them you know you want to get a, a raspberry pi 3 which i haven't had time to do yet is actually getting that automation is the difficult bit because as soon yeah. as you try and start tying these systems together you know beyond the basics that are well established or you're trying to tie in, you know, in Ben's case, existing infrastructure, it becomes hard. I'm still working on it, and I'm sure we're going to do another update of Smart Home in due course. But actually, recently, it's been more of a frustration because I've tried various relays and switches as well, and that hasn't been going well. Before the podcast, you and you were saying that doing automated home stuff now is like building a PC in the 1990s, where yeah. you'd have to assemble all the components. You've got to do it manually. Yeah. And then work out all the things that don't work together and all the knock-on effects. That's 8-bit. Oh, yeah. no, that's 16-bit. Yeah. Oh, that's a 16-bit slot. Oh, that doesn't work. Do you remember when we used to think that was fun? Mm. Do you remember when you could never play any games or do any work because your computer was always in a pile of bits because you yep. were upgrading it? Yep. And it was incredibly high spec, but you couldn't actually turn it on because it was always in pieces. And you still had 640k. And it would crash or whatever all the time. But that was okay because you knew why, because you'd worked it out. Autoexec.bat. There we go. Right. I'm showing my age now. Anyways, so... so are you ready for a new quote then? Oh, Automated home, making me pull my hair out. But I'm sticking with it and I'm going to post pictures and a description on wirelessworker.net. Go forward to it. It's their second post of the year. This is almost a record. That's good. Keep yeah. it going. Yeah. Thanks, mate. Uh, okay, right. Fingers on mental buzzers. Yeah, me- right. mental being the operative word. You ready? Yeah. Don't cross the streams. Ghostbusters. It would be bad. It's Ghostbusters. That's definitely Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yes, I that's correct. That I is correct. can't remember the year. Well, come on. Yes, you can. Well, not the year, but the decade. It was 1980s. Yeah, done. Yeah. There we go. Done. All right. Thank you. There we go. Move on. Okay, moving on then. Shall we discuss what just happened in the break? Yeah, can I thank you very much now for ruining my search history massively. So we took a short break in the middle of this recording. Yeah, that is not helpful. 
what not you helpful, just did. Not helpful. And a rage I, blindfold moment, I think. It's <laughs> a rage blindfold moment. I, well, unfortunately, I was trying to. I was tell, just having to cover my phone while you see it. Go on. Okay. So I, I said, "Hello, Google," and Ewan's phone went bloop, 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 and I then shouted some obscenities at him in an attempt to. It was like Ewan is a CEO. I was just basically looking to get your attention to resume the recording. Yep. I was just encouraging you in my usual... Yeah, but no, know, that, that, that then you and translated. Unfortunately, Google only heard some of those words and executed a search and has now given you a number of slightly questionable results which are now in your search history which pop up alarmingly frequently when you do a search. Well, that uh, pops up now, I think. So it says, he, he said you is a search mode. C yeah. star, star, star. Male right? chicken. Yeah, right. Uh, but that translated to Korean male chicken. Male chicken, which I can tell you, ladies and gentlemen, does not look very good in the search history when I'm trying to demonstrate stuff on my handset. So thanks a lot. But fortunately, Google does you give you the that? ability to you go, that? Google gives you the ability to go in and you can delete specific bits of your search history that you're ashamed of. So I am deeply conflicted now because I'm slightly guilty, but I think I probably think it's funnier than I am guilty. So that is really quite. Oh, what, what is Google thinking right now? <laughs> so for the rest of this show i will be secretly whispering hey google and then inappropriate words at you and galaxy but going back to a previous episode mm. you do not have voice fingerprinting turned i up. thought it did have that well apparently not because it took my what i said yeah so male chicken there mm. we go all right anyways moving on uh last topic of the show does that mean we do another quote Oh, we, 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 we just did a quote. Done Ghostbusters. We've done one. Yeah, done Ghostbusters. We'll, we'll come I've got one more. At the end. Okay, right, right. Chill, chill yourself out. Just, saying, just have, saying. Me, right. me and your phone are going to have to have words again. Rafe Lanford, what's up last? The last topic we're going to talk about is health. And this is actually prompted by the fact that as we're recording this, we've just listened to an Apple keynote where they announced a care kit, sort of derived from research kit. Kind of, it's actually a more general thought that we're seeing a lot of second generation platforms come along in both the wearable space and for health in general. So we thought we'd share some of our kind of favourites as things stand. Not just health things. Well, health things. I mean, let's kick this off. What's, what are you wearing, by the way? I'm not wearing anything at the moment. You don't get your bands. It, Last time we spoke about this, you had three of them. Rafe Blanford is literally naked. It's charging on my desk because this is actually a problem I'm finding with a lot of wearables is that they have similar battery life to smartphones and I find it much more inconvenient to charge them. Where's your tiny Apple Watch? It's sitting in a drawer. All right. So I'm much more interested in CareKit than I am in fitness apps. So let's just quickly talk about what CareKit is mm. because to me it seems like the natural useful extension of what HealthKit is and way more influential probably than fitness apps because fitness apps are great, but that's just an app that helps you do a hobby as far as I'm concerned. And it might be a hobby that's good for you, but it's just what we would have called in the trade back in the day, a performance support tool. It's something that helps you do a thing. But CareKit is different because it's involved in giving you the treatment and the care that you need. And it's about capturing their health data and tailoring Monitor it. Monitor symptoms. Like it. And, but it allows then a physician or a doctor or whoever else who, who's managing your care to actually you know, control what you get back. And it actually effectively joins it together so that it's a more integrated health solution. And for me, this is where you begin to get into the more meaningful stuff because you're actually actively treating people. Whereas previously, the fitness, it just said, in general, it's a good idea if you yeah. do some exercise. Yeah. And if you'd, do like more to do, steps. if you'd like to run a mile, I'll give you some prompts that help you run a mile. The thing that caught my attention here with healthcare has, is, as you said, it's kind of a way of collating some of this quantified self-data. And in theory, 
is useful for health applications. But we had a research kit, which Apple said was about basically being doing trial studies and collecting data around that. But they noticed a lot of that data would be useful for sort of more general healthcare, hence CareKit. And they're both open source frameworks. And it's an ability to create apps very quickly that collect this kind of data. And so it's almost a commoditization of the smartphone as a way of collecting health data. And so, for example, you can use it to check adherence or track the symptoms when someone's taking medicine, work out whether it's effective or not. And where this becomes really interesting, I think, is because when you're in hospital, you're monitored by the massive teams, as Apple put it. And then when you go home, you have this piece of paper with some guidelines and some recommendations to follow. But it can be hard keeping up with those. So, you know, seeing essentially what's happening here is the second generation of how smartphones can be used for health. And There isn't any new thing around it. I don't think Apple necessarily deserves the credit, but I've now seen a couple of these initiatives where it's more obviously linking friends and family and health. And we talked about it actually in a previous episode that I saw at CS, which was sharing this data over WeChat. And it's sort of about how you take that data and provide some reassurance around accuracy and things like that, and then provide it to the right people in a tool that's attractive, but also a user experience that's attractive as well. And it's interesting that in the Apple keynote, they talked about Parkinson's, and then I think it was the Texas University was doing symptom tracker. And it was these kind of things that actually start to feel that they have very high value and potentially can be quite life-changing. Whereas, as you say, a lot of the quantified self to this point has been rather self-referential and rather sort of about self-aggrandizement. And I'm not sure how much of an impact it really has on behavior. There's a lot of studies that say it helps, but you know, is is that on quite the same level as you know helping adherence, or you know, in the same way using this to maybe uh, track the elderly in the home and using the smartphone as a way of you know reducing comorbidities associated with seniors. And that's actually about social isolation, and you can work out whether people's patterns of behaviour have changed. So, for example, if you notice that an elderly relative hasn't gone out for four days. That can be a, a kind of a clue to you know poor health. But they do need to have a six hundred quid smartphone. Well, you don't have to because you can do it with some of the sensors. I mean, that's right. where the most yeah. interesting data comes from, and that's what I mean by thinking about this second generation stuff in a way that's actually rather than being geared around the technology in the phone. Now we can do this with stuff, which is what kind of the motion chips yeah. were associated with. Now we're going actually. Now we've got the ability to collect that data. What's the interesting things that we can do with it from a health perspective? And I think it's a subtle differentiation, but it isn't. Important. This got very serious very quickly after talking about male chickens not so long ago. <laughs> but I think your cost point, I think, is wrong, actually, because if, right. particularly if you think about North America, where healthcare is privately provided, any kind of serious healthcare in America will cost you thousands and thousands That's of dollars. Point. And actually, I can well imagine that insurance providers who are looking to reduce the cost of ongoing care would consider a $500, $600 smartphone peanuts as an alternative to lots of return visits to a hospital. Yep. Or, or very, very or specialized. One, one session you know, uh, with well, a doctor. Well, yeah. One session with a doctor. But I was thinking even more that sort of telemedicine type yeah, of equipment, yeah. which is much more, you know, it allows you to have that kind of stuff in home, but is much more tailored. So I can well imagine that it was. Additionally, the examples they showed were where actually people were getting an improved quality of life. And this actually might mm. be part of choosing an iPhone because it fits into your life needs because yes. it's got good assistive technologies involved and it's got voiceover if you're visually impaired or it's got screen 
screen enlargement and those sorts of things. It's got good audio prompt. Yeah. But then it also has a treatment tracker for your Parkinson's or mm-hmm. for something like that. And that's interesting because, I mean, it, that quality of life point, I think, is particularly important because previously a lot of the attention has been around using smartphones as a way to collect data and the sensors in them. And I'm not saying that's not valuable, but there's been plenty of studies around the accuracy of that. We've seen that, you know, there's only so much you can do with sensors on the smartphone. And ultimately, that's why kind of health wearables have come to the yeah. fore, particularly the ones that passed, I mean, the HIPAA compliance and that kind of um, uh, stuff as well. And I think, but, it, but it, the, the coaching that you're referring to there, actually, in the kind of nudges for behavioural modification, which sounds a bit step sinister, away from the fridge, are actually, I think, where it makes a lot of sense, and particularly where you see the way smartphones are used in the home. You know, with that kind of idea of uh, notifications or messaging becomes really interesting. Yeah, and I mean, just before we get on to messaging, which I think is a is a really interesting topic in this area, for anyone who's saying, oh, yeah, well, that's North America or that's just, you know, these particular big hospitals that were cited, you know, I used to work for a firm that made patient record management systems. Half the hospitals in the UK now are using iPad or iPad-like devices mm. to record patient data as a way to have it in the right place at the right time. All of the systems that underpin those are supporting that. So, you know, it's entirely reasonable that that ecosystem will grow out towards yeah. the patient itself. And there's a huge amount of investment going into this at the moment. It's not necessarily visible, perhaps, to us in the UK in consumers' hands yet, but it's not as far away as you might think. And will be behind the scenes. I mean, in the UK, we're seeing the NHS and social services tied more closely together by using this kind of monitoring, particularly for vulnerable populations. So we're being able to do it in the home and potentially something that would have ended up in hospital is now being dealt with by social services and vice versa. And I think that's important as well, because it's changing the way we actually deliver healthcare. When do I get to go to the doctor? I don't like doing that anyway, because it's such an inefficient process. Because you're such a picture of health. Well, thank you. But it's just really annoying getting an appointment, because you Usually, uh, yes. have you tried getting an appointment at a doctor recently? I actually have a hurty foot right now and I'm not going to the doctor because it's too much of a pain. Ask. It will, will ask because typically I'm not ill. I'm, you know, I'm unwell and to see the doctor. You know. And of course, I, I am quite happy for all the children and the older elderly people, people that really need urgently to see the doctor to do so. I just want to get an appointment and it's very difficult to do so. But the minute I get there, I want the doctor to, be able to query everything about me. You know, I, I want them to make an educated guess. <laughs> you want to an, an educated, uh, not an informed, not guess. I, don't want to <laughs> I think wow. you've got... Uh, no, no, no expectations there, <laughs> Ewan. Sorry, an, an informed... Um, decision. Yeah, diagnosis or decision based on the fact that I, am, I have got an Apple Watch on all the time and therefore every five or 15 minutes or whatever, it's checking my heart rate, et cetera, et cetera. Um, does it take your temperature? Yeah, no. I don't, not yet. Only be a matter of time. Yeah, so that, I would like that data to be able to be available to the guy right away. And I think the interesting parallel, perhaps, maybe not directly, is if you go to a police station now and you say, my iPhone has been stolen, yeah. they'll say, have you got find my iPhone turned on, give us a device, we'll try. And it just is routine that people understand how that works and it's seen as part of solving a problem. And there'll be a point where you go into your doctors and they'll say, oh, have you got an iPhone? You say, oh yeah, okay, right, give me your health kit credentials. Here's the question, right? Because I I totally agree with you. Who's monitoring you at the minute? Is anyone monitoring you, Blanford? No, I mean... So no one's monitoring me. The NSA NSA or... uh, No, what I mean is health-wise, right? So am I ill and I don't know it? Yeah, so you're you're talking about preventative control. Yeah, right. That, that Have I been doing something that um, you know? I'd like to see that, and that that. I mean, the kit is a is a good step toward that. 
I think the tools are in place, but there is still a regulatory framework that is going to make it very difficult for this to happen. Mm. But I do wonder how much of that intelligence can happen automatically. And it's almost, if your phone told you that you needed to go to the doctors because it had recognised a certain pattern of symptoms or behaviour, would you be actually willing to take that action? Yeah. I was in a foreign country the other weekend meeting a friend whose phone number I didn't know to go to their house at an address I had forgotten and my phone ran out of battery. Oh, my God. So I'm stood in the middle of a foreign country, no way to contact them, no idea where I am, no idea, hoping that they will come back and find me exactly where I am because I'm completely stuffed, don't speak the local language, do not have any local currency on me whatsoever, right? This was their feat of poor planning. Well, I guess the point I'm trying to make, Rafe Blanford, is that I'm not entirely sure that if I'm able through poor planning and battery to strand myself in the middle of a foreign country and, you know, potentially, you know, sort of in, in some degree of peril, I'm not entirely sure I'd like to rely on that just for my healthcare just yet. So I'm, I'm not saying it's only, but I just think it's an added thing on top and it's really about the operational efficiencies of healthcare and to, to Ewan's point about trying to get an appointment if that process could be better and we touched on it briefly and maybe we could just finish on this point messaging is actually I think a really interesting way to deliver healthcare services because they are quite transactional and they sort of I think are suited to that kind of conversational you know the asynchronous format certainly for certain types of profession I'm not suggesting it, it's going to be for everybody yeah. and you've already had experience with using uh, Babylon which is one of these yeah. doctors on demand it just feels to me like it's very slow for this space to adopt technology and anything that can be done to kind of make frameworks or put systems in place that allows that to happen. And as I, said, I still think some of the biggest barriers are regulatory and actually what we were talking, Ben was talking about here, kind of societal acceptance. But it feels to me it's such an untapped opportunity. Yeah. Right, go on then. I'm going to concede and give you your last movie quote then. Come on. Okay, right, right, right. You're ready. I, I, I know this one. Your ego is writing checks. Your body can't cash. Top Gun. Correct. Yeah. 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 So I guess the yes is not the answer to yeah. <laughs> Great balls Did you of fire. Think you said year? <laughs> yeah. You're. You can be my wingman anytime. Yay! There we go. I regret saying yes to this episode very, very much. <laughs> oh, that was a little bit of fun. Such a small amount of fun. It was in. It's, he has got something, something of the Val Kilmer about him. Oh, thank you. What, you Ice Man? Yeah. All right certainly have this sudden urge to pull the eject button anyway <laughs> okay we should wrap this episode up something we are thinking of doing imminently is we want to do a kind of a, a big trip out soon we want to do a, a a 361 day trip and we're going to try and do a bunch of challenges or test out some tech as we go to the maldives yeah well so this is still very no, much your expectations yeah, a little young to to Malvern maybe not the maldives we're still at the very early planning stages but what we'd like is suggestions or recommendations from listeners if there's any tech or any stuff that you'd like us to check out particularly stuff that would be good to check out in live you know, live on a podcast we'd love to give that a go so you can find us 361podcast.com we're at 361podcast on Twitter the website gives you links to email or you can leave us a voicemail yep. uh, we'd love to hear from you we'd love all your suggestions and we'll keep you updated as we uh, get a bit closer towards planning the, uh, the 361 big road trip well yeah. indeed can we have Blanford massaged live you know travelling down the motorway but or you on a train 
Blanford massage on a train. There you go. I think that's a, an opportunity. Yeah. Sounds, Flying over sounds, the Blanford estate. Exactly. Sounds exactly. terrific. <laughs> As ever, thank you very much to Mark at audiowrangler.co.uk for editing this episode. Sorry, Mark, for all of the bits you've had to cut out. Thank you very much to Digital LBI who've provided us with yes, the recording facilities almost certainly for the last time after they hear this episode. <laughs> thank you very much for all of your contributions to the crowdfunding campaign. If you'd uh, like to support the show and I can't for the life of me think why you would after this week's episode go to 361.com slash patreon and there's all the information there there's a link in every post as well when we hit 100 dollars an episode which is within spitting distance it's in contract, now. Now. It, it is within within visible distance rafe blanford is going to receive a massage live on the show and indeed we're going to investigate all of the services that Come you can on. procure via mobile phone I, I think we need to maybe make this more attractive by saying that you and will also get made up with an on-demand makeup service well we will we will find some other things in addition to Rafe Blanford's massage, but I feel that that is going to be the crowd draw. That will be the, the highlight of the That's show. That's what people want to see. Uh, it's not attractive to me. Well, indeed, but uh, you are a minority audience in that regard. <laughs> okay, we will be back next week. Thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye.